Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This episode was recorded live at the Manor Vale Lodge. Conversations on Dance at the Vale Dance Festival is generously underwritten by the town of Vale. I'm Rebecca King Ferraro. And I'm Michael Sean Breeden, and you're listening to Conversations on Dance. Just a quick note about this episode, we did have a little bit of a technical snafu, so we are sharing with you our backup file of this particular event. It was just too good to not share, so thank you for your understanding, and we hope you enjoy. Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for coming out, and welcome to Conversations on Dance at the Vale Dance Festival 2023. My name is Michael Sean Breeden. And I'm Rebecca King Ferraro, and we will be conducting interviews like this throughout the festival, so we hope that you will join us for more. Most mornings at 9.30. Yeah. yeah. So it's always a pleasure to have guests who are working here at the Vale Dance Festival, but today it's extra special for me and Rebecca because we have friends. <laughs> we're joined today by Jamie Taylor and Sebastian Marcovici, who are not only our good friends, but they were uh, longtime principal dancers at the University of Valley, and now they work with Los Angeles Dance Project. So before we get into what LADP will be doing here, we want to go back and start at the beginning. Yeah. So Jamie, can you tell us a little bit about your road and journey to the School of American Ballet, and then later in your think back? Okay, we're going very far We're back. starting at the beginning. <laughs> um, um, well, I grew up uh, in Houston, and then we went to Louisiana, and so I was at a ballet school in New Orleans, um, and there was a girl, I didn't know about SAB at the time, um, and one of the girls there had been going often, and she was this like amazing like prodigy uh, yeah. <laughs> dancer. And so I started to find out about SAB, and um, I tried to go for the summer program. Um, didn't get in the first year. The next year, I just stood behind her at bar like every day and just like tried to learn everything she was doing. And the next year, I got in. <laughs> um, and then thanks to Aubrey Morgan. <laughs> um, and then I did two summers there. The second summer, I stayed after for the winter session, and then uh, two years at the school, and then I got an apprenticeship with the company, which was pretty short because at the time, um, the rules were if you were to be taken on tour, you automatically got your core contract, and so Saratoga was like a month later, yeah. and they needed us for Saratoga, so... Right away, I I really lucked out there. Um, And then, yeah, I was there for, I think, about 16 years. Um, And then retired. Um, I followed Sebastian and our good friend Benjamin, who danced with us and who started LA Dance Project, who left City Ballet a little bit before us um, to come to LA. And and then he also took the 
directorship at Paris Opera Ballet and he wanted Sebastian to come and help so I just tagged along <laughs> um, and during that period I started setting other people's works Benjamin's mostly and some of Justin Peck's and then um, we came back to LA and um, joined LA Dance Project and so I did a little bit more dancing there um, and I just I just did my last shows at the Joyce this last year when we toured there. Um, and now I'm a rehearsal director, um, which I was also doing at the same time as Nancy. Yeah. That's a perfect overview. Now we're going to get into the nitty gritty of every single detail. <laughs> yeah. of every um, but let's talk to Sebastian for a second about your um, tr early training. You grew up in Paris and it would have been quite easy to stay in, you know, capital of ballet, but what made you decide that America was a place that you wanted to be? Was it always sort of New York City Ballet that was on your map? Uh, it wasn't at all, actually. Uh, you know, when you're, you're in France, you just only know about the Paris of Ballet. And I, was, I did go to the Paris of Ballet School, um, you know, finished uh, the, all the levels, was actually hired to go to the company, but that same year, was very interesting actually, uh, Jean-Pierre Bonfou and Violet Verdi actually came. Jean-Pierre came to um, just teach for a week. And, um, uh, you know, that's the first time we met. He really liked me and was like, you know, I, I do this uh, summer course I'm in Chautauqua every year. Uh, I'd, like to, I'd like you to come. And I was like, okay, I, I think uh, I should be able to make this happen. Um, and then Violet came to, for, to choreograph a piece uh, for the school, for the workshop. Uh, and she picked me to be her principal dancer in her piece. Uh, and, you know, talked to me about New York City Ballet. And, 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 and she also uh, was going to be in Chautauqua. Um, so the year ended and, um, I don't know, something, I, I'm not sure what it is, but something drove me to, like, I got to go to Chautauqua. <laughs> and 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 uh, and maybe not go to the Paris Opera Ballet uh, company. Um, and then so once uh, once I get there, it was just an amazing experience. Mm -hmm. And um, that's in July, and and uh, New York City Ballet is in uh, uh, Saratoga. Mm -hmm. And um, so we were talking a little bit with Jean Pierre, and I like, well, what, what you know, let's let's uh, when we try a city ballet, uh, and. Everything happened so fast. I think I was there maybe a week or two in, in, in Chautauqua. And Kira Nichols and Nikolai Hooper came from Saratoga to dance in Chautauqua. There was like a show. Mm -hmm. They did a duet. And they're like, oh, yeah, uh, I mean, you want to go back with us? And we have like one more seat in our small plane. It was like a four-seater plane. <laughs> yeah. Like, OK. And, you know, uh, Jean-Pierre called, uh, I think, Violette or, or Peter. They, they were both in, in Saratoga. And, uh, so up, I went there and landed, um, two classes that morning, so everybody was teaching. And the other class, uh, uh, Peter said, so I, I hear you, you're looking for a job, do you want to join City Ballet? <laughs> so I, uh, okay, yes. <laughs> I didn't really know much, but for some reason, just everything felt right, felt good. Right. Uh, do you think that was a, maybe a benefit not knowing? Like, you, you were so steeped in the culture of the Paris Opera Ballet, yeah. and like, maybe had that on a pedestal, but then this whole other world, like you just, you literally just showed up and were like, okay, this Yeah, <laughs> so yes, and one other actually interesting thing that I forgot, the, the last year at the school, at the Paris Ballet School, um, we are a dance history uh, class, mm -hmm. and we had to write uh, an aesthetic, something you, and I somehow, for some reason also, that I don't know why, Picked out the uh, the relationship between Balanchine and Stravinsky, mm -hmm. which ended up being my favorite ballet to watch and to dance. Um, so that was also just <laughs> the whole thing was just like I'm going over there to do that. Mm -hmm. um, I wonder for both of you, um, not coming from a background with Balanchine technique, what was that transition for both of you? For you, when you started in the school, and then for you joining the company, what was that like for you guys? Did it click right away? Um, well, I think, I mean, I had always danced. Like, I had started, you know, when I was two or something. Like, it just was something I always did. Mm -hmm. And I 
don't necessarily remember like always thinking this is what I want to do right. but obviously I loved doing it um and it wasn't until I was at SAB for one of the summers and I saw like a live performance yeah where I was just like oh wow like I want to move the way these people are moving like I really want to do this um and then that was just like so sure yeah um and there were definitely differences in the training not like I mean yes big differences I guess <laughs> um but I I was just so excited about being able to do that that it was like um such a joy to get to learn all those differences and like try to master them and um so yeah I loved I loved getting to learn all of that and dance like a different way that felt uh, so much better to me and like I don't know sometimes I wonder if I would have been a dancer if I had not found Balanchine style and had to do the more classical rigid dancing like maybe I don't know maybe I wouldn't have ended up doing it yeah yeah I quickly realized that the the technique was different Mm -hmm. and the people doing things differently just by taking class and um, I mean I loved it right away I was like well I, I gotta I, I want to do it like this easy mm-hmm. you know I just like I gotta fit in so I wanna uh, and I think wasn't very busy the, the at least at the beginning of the first year I was able to go and take other classes at uh, ISAB mm-hmm. and we were able to go at Spark we take the class um, so I did all of that and you know change how I do glissades. <laughs> yeah, that's so weird. I was just thinking about glissades when you started saying that things were different. <laughs> glissades are really different. Yeah. Do you want to do like a little visual presentation? Uh, I don't know how to do the classical one, so... <laughs> that's so, awesome. So it's sort of like a transitional step. You use it to maybe gain momentum for a larger jump. Or, um, right. Um, In preparation. Yeah, but in the balancing style, it's sort of like more like scissors cutting versus one leg going and then you transfer the air and land on the other and then bring the foot in. So it's much sharper, clearer. Yeah. Instead of doing it ourselves to try to show it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The way you do it, you do it in one and then you switch two, basically. Right. And, it's, like, and, it's like two counts of a yeah, and then about one count. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, which takes a little more power mm-hmm. and, and uh, different approach to how to do it. But I really enjoy it. And when I, so when I came uh, to Chautauqua to, to take my class. Uh, I ended up staying the whole week and I was just blown away by what I was seeing. I was like, I, I, don't, I don't know if I understand what, what I'm seeing, mm-hmm. but it's so dynamic and so exciting. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, I was just like, uh, it's yeah. great. Yeah. I'm just thinking, because I, you know, I feel like we have a moment where you see a performance that makes something great. And I'm just remembering now, but that for me was when I went to SAB and saw Midsummer. And Janie. I thought Midsummer was the first one I saw. Also, the last thing. Yeah. Janie, Janie was Janie Lee Butterfly, and I think you were doing Lysander. You did Lysander, right? Oh, yeah, right? Uh, Demetrius? Yeah. yeah. So, a little part of a formative part of my decision, too, to go. Um, Special, I'm curious, because you were there, obviously, you got to work with Jerry Robbins at the end of his life. But did you also get, you were saying you're taking classes at SAB. Did you take Stanley's classes? Yes, I did. So, it's, you know, two, I mean, Stanley was such an icon, and to get, in there at the end of his life, like what was that like for you? Um, I mean, so this start with Stanley. Uh, I I didn't know much about him, but I knew uh, the dancers really loved his class, really respected him, and that was actually the hardest class for me, mm-hmm. understanding like even his timing because it was really like unique and on his own. Well, he also barely says anything. Yeah. So there's not a lot of like explaining. You kind of just have to like. I also did not speak any English at this time, so I don't understand anything either. But I actually really, that makes me think of the relationship that we had, which like, I feel like he also respected me and maybe saw like some talent or we tr- really trying. Um, but he would just like, just because basically we couldn't really communicate, he would just like smile and sometimes like laugh at me because <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't really do it but like he, he knew I was just trying you know? uh, this is also the time when you had the pipe and you could still smoke in the studio <laughs> 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 uh, and and Jerry I mean it was just like amazing I was like you know for me Jerry was a 
well, obviously it's a West Side Story, but I saw uh, all of these pieces that uh, I, would, I would go to the Paris Hotel by and watch, you know, Dancers of the Gathering in the night. Um, that's the one that I think we have most seen there. Um, and here we are, just in the studio, and that was just incredible. But also, you know, sometimes you, you see those icons and, and you think they're, I don't know, untouchable and approachable, and it just felt like, like like you and I are, we are here in, in you know, stalking uh, the French Feminist Studio. It was incredible. Yeah. Um, and that was amazing to be part of uh, Westchester Suite when we brought it to the company. Um, and then he created uh, Brandenburg, mm-hmm. uh, which he uh, yeah, choreographed on the little duet and manuet. So that was, yeah, that was just a dream. Yeah. Can you just talk about your relationship with special um, Balanchine Palladino, like Susie Polar, like Raquel? What were, was that experience like for you working with them? Um, well, Susie, Susie was a teacher at SAB, and um, she was, I mean, I loved all my teachers there, but um, I think it always felt like all the students like really connected with one of them. We had like three female main teachers and it was like you were like a Susie person or a Suki person yeah. or a K person. <laughs> um, and I really connected with Susie. I think just, um, I mean, she always had a sense of humor and she kind of, the way she would talk about um, what we were trying to learn, she would always bring it to something familiar in our lives that we could like connect with and um which just felt less like you know uh rigid and do it like this and it, it made it fun and she also like you could just see how important she thought what we were doing was and and how much she loved it and it just made you love it as much as she did and also like feel the importance of it and um <clears throat> I just I really felt like without her I I would have been a totally different dancer um, and she also I mean she just texted me yesterday like to this day we still talk all the time and she's just been like a part of my life since since I was 15 um, she would like secretly come like she would come to the shows and you know we would talk after she would help me with whatever pieces I was doing, or we would go in a studio together, hide out in a studio and work on something I was about to perform. Um, so she was just always helping me, or she'd even just send me like the right video to watch <laughs> of this piece from, you know, this ballerina from this time. Um, so just like a very invested, invested, nurturing, like supportive teacher. Um, and then Allegra was just like one of my favorite ballerinas. I remember reading her book when I was younger and just being so um, in awe of her. And um, she and Susie are also very close. And I think that's kind of how I probably got to meet her or um, do anything <coughs> with her. Um, I did a couple of the the Balanchine Foundation films, um, like original ballerinas coaching a younger ballerina in their roles. And um, so I got to do one, I got to do two with Allegra, which were like two of my favorite ballets also, La Sonambula and Bugaku. And I definitely think Susie was part of making that happen. Um, (laughs) And so, yeah, I just kind of, had this connection with her through through that and through Susie. Um, I think a, a lot of people connected you and Allegra just as um, not that you even look alike or have a similar silhouette or whatever, but a lot of the roles that um, you were so loved in were things that were either originated by Allegra or very associated with her. What do you think that connection is? Like, why do you think people? Um, I think maybe a lot of those parts were, I, I mean, I felt like I was always put in things that were like maybe a little on the ghosty side or like <laughs> just that kind of like, um, you know, the other side is sort of present beyond like the human part. And I think she was very much like that too. And I think maybe that's 
that's part of the similarity. Um, I don't know. I always thought it had to do with that. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. <laughs> I would love to just hear some stories that are related to your performing career because to me that time was especially exciting. It feels like just you had such long seasons and there wasn't block programming. So pause. Oh, we're back. Oh, we're back. We're back. Oh, we're back. <laughs> <laughs> things were always crazy. Things were always happening. You know, people getting thrown on. What we call thrown on, where you barely know a role or learn it in five minutes and then have to go or you know you're doing the other side of the stage and you know you know you're live performance like learning it yeah, on stage yeah, right? basically. yeah. <laughs> so i mean i know i've seen certain things with both of you that were similar to that but maybe we could just share like some favorite performing memories of that sort of like wow this is live theater at the new york city ballet from your time Yes, I'm sure. I... Thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm sure there's many things I've completely forgotten even happened. Um, <laughs> I think that probably my craziest performance wasn't I wasn't thrown on, but um, well, I wasn't thrown on. I do remember I I was not a principal yet, and I was doing one of Peter's ballets, um, Judicart, and I was dancing with Damien Wessel. Nikolai Huba and Albert, maybe? Oh, Milos, Milos Martins, um, for like the first time. And um, I remember like I wasn't going to get a stage rehearsal because Jenny Ringer was also doing it and she was the first cast. And um, like it was like there wasn't really time for me. Um, <laughs> and I remember Russell Kaiser like, actually like taking me into his office and being like, well, you're not going to get a stage rehearsal and there's a huge corps de ballet. Mm -hmm. So like a lot of times the principals rehearse separately, but at some point you need to know, go with the corps so we all don't run into each other on <laughs> entrances and exits. <laughs> and also sometimes you're doing a whole dance together. Um, so he was like, oh, let's just watch this video and like, so I watched the video and was memorizing like, okay, the first entrance I have to go in back in the back of everybody and then I just come here, okay, and then like the second entrance I'm gonna have to go <coughs> between these couples. Like just trying to memorize this for myself because it was never gonna happen <laughs> until we were on stage. And then also I remember like showing up for one of my like important rehearsals for this and not a single one of them showed up. <laughs> Like, Milos, Nikolai, Damien, nobody came. And it was just me and Russell, and I, of course, was, like, bawling. <laughs> um, but, like, whatever, you know, next day, I think they came the next day, and then, yeah, and then I just did it. I didn't have, like, a rehearsal um, for the performance, but everything was fine, and I actually, I think I kind of... Um, thrived on like I loved being thrown in yeah <laughs> like I kind of thrived on just like panic <laughs> yeah or also I think it's also like well what can they say you know like if I mess up like no one's gonna be mad because also <laughs> I learned this in like 10 minutes ago or whatever yeah. but I also like found it really exciting I think like the adrenaline rush of that was like really fun for me so I also I didn't get too stressed or like upset when that would happen. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, probably a few seasons later, I've been now I've been doing the the role a little bit, and then in the middle of the performance, Nikolai like he just 
sautéed on and like fell to the floor and his knee, I mean, he had a terrible knee injury and he pretty much like crawled off and it was right before we had a pot of dough. <laughs> and I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> um, and then I was still backstage because like he had a little dance before I entered and then, and Russell, I guess people had started to come backstage because Nikolai obviously had hurt himself. So Russell was back there and I was like, I should just go on, right? And he was like, no, I mean, you don't have to, like, I don't know, like, whatever you want. And I was like, yeah, of course I'm, yeah, I'm going to go out. Um, and, like, but also, thank goodness I did, because that whole dance, the core, just stands. <laughs> yeah, like, totally still. They don't do anything. Which, like, none of us were thinking about, like, that they wouldn't have been dancing. Um, so I just, like, went out, and I tried to do the duet by myself. Like, I tried to do all the steps we do together alone. <laughs> Um, I did do like a really good turn, which I'm not a good turner, because I think just in my mind I was like, right, and now he turns me, and I, was, and then I was like, oh, I think I did three, um, and I could kind of see them in the wings, like Nikolai on the floor, and I could see Peter was back there, and it was like a big, you know, stuff was happening, but people were like, what is she doing? Um, and I remember after Peter being like, oh. I think it it was better. Your choreography was better <laughs> like, than the duet or whatever. And I was like, well, I was just doing your choreography just like alone. Um, so that was probably one of the craziest uh, on stage moments, but it was also really fun. <laughs> and I happened to know they had it had been filmed. And I think Russell had told me once they wa they would just watch it like all the time in the office. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get that video. Yeah, yeah. We should ask Russell. Social media, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. for sure. Rasha, do you have anything? Um, I don't know if I have anything crazy. Um, and I, I did, you know, go on stage with one on. Uh, but I think most of the time I had a pretty good idea of the of the choreography. Uh, yeah. I wasn't I wasn't maybe a slow slower learner so I don't think I was like the go-to person yeah. <laughs> you know like there's people that are reliable you that they're just gonna do it um, but um, but there's there's a few that actually remind me I remember I think we were doing old-fashioned and uh, Robbie Atos hurt himself in the middle of it and so it suddenly walked off and and I finished it for him and I forgot if I I mean, I must have already been doing the part, or I just learned it or something. But at least I knew it enough, but to just go and, and do it. But yeah. It's uh, I mean, those moments were just like, oh, I have to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, do you have makeup or a costume on or anything? Or uh, just... Yes, because I believe that um, I was using a core. Mm -hmm. I was wondering if you yeah. were just like, okay, I'll go do this my core outfit now. <laughs> yeah. I was in the core, and yeah. So yeah. I had one costume on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, no, I just remember something. Uh, I think I was mentioning maybe Shikong and Albert was doing Agon and I was the second piece. Mm -hmm. Or something like that, I forgot. But I must have been putting on a makeup and um, he was maybe in the first piece and he might himself and like, no, he did the first entrance of Agon. And I'm still upstairs, like putting makeup on. <laughs> and like, uh, well, Albert is, uh, is out. He just put his back out. So I just finished the makeup quickly, <laughs> put the costume on, and went down. And that was the time to just go on and do the pedal with Wendy. Oh, God. <laughs> Have you done it with Wendy before? Is that your partner? Or is um, it... I don't remember. I know I had done it with Maria. Mm -hmm. um, not sure if I, I might have done one or two rehearsals because maybe I was going to eventually do it with her. But I think, uh, yeah, no, actually, no, I don't think I can either. Those moments are just so fun. Yeah. I mean, when it's just like, Sebastian Margarita did the stage immediately. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? what? It's making me think, because we talk about this a lot, ballet stress dreams, and like those are the kind of dreams that you have, and like we still have them. I bet you guys have I still them. have them, and yeah. Susie still has them. Really? She tells me about them. <laughs> What do yours like consist of? For me, it's always like put on your point shoes. And I'm like, but I haven't worn them in five years. It doesn't I, matter. I yeah. had that one recently <laughs> where it was like, but I haven't even. I was like trying to put them on. <laughs> yeah, it's always like, oh, but I don't know the dance. But it's like you're on stage and it's happening. Yeah, and you're trying to learn it, or 
Or you can't get your shoe on, or, or you can't find them sometimes. It's like, I don't yeah, know they are. Yeah, I had this dream, and, and it was years ago, for some reason, I still feel like really vivid. <laughs> and and I actually, I was gonna, no, no more things, I was gonna have to go and do iron. And I cannot put my tights on. I mean, you know, it's like when you're like running away from something and you can't run. And so, yeah. <laughs> can't do it. Yeah, which like all those things don't happen in real life. No. Right? <laughs> Mine is always like I put my hair up in a bun and then it falls down. And my ribbons the same. I put my ribbons on and they fall up. And I'm like, what's happening? And then I wake up and I'm like, this is terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I guess they don't go away. I've added a new stress dream, right? <laughs> and it's it's that I'm staging a ballet, but I don't know it. Oh, like, that's oh. terrible. Go, and they're like, but you, you, we hired you to do this. And I'm like, I don't know it. You're supposed to take out the video. I don't know. Um, right, but we're, we're getting Sorry, okay, we did get sidetracked. So, we have not talked about anything at all. <laughs> I did want to easy. talk, though, about um, your, rom- your romantic relationship, because they're not uncommon within ballet. So tell us about when you guys first started dancing together, maybe some of your favorite roles that you enjoyed uh, dancing together on stage. The first principal role I ever got to do was Blood Balls, and it was with Sebastian. Um, so that was always like a special piece for us. Um, and we just, I don't know, we kind of started getting paired together like Peter was always putting us together he was making new pieces on us and so I think we also it was kind of like a love at first sight (laughs) kind of a thing for us like even before I was in the company like you know I knew him on the stage and um so we always were just kind of like (laughs) um but he also had a girlfriend at the time when I got in the company and I'm like five years younger so I was also just like ballet <laughs> like I didn't have time for anything else um so it was probably a few years before we actually started dating that you were um, dancing together yeah um and then that was it I mean that was 23 years ago uh <laughs> and yeah yeah I mean I think um you know obviously it's different for couples and and sometimes couples um, they can't really work together, right? Mm-hmm. And for some reason, for us, it was uh, it was better because mm-hmm. uh, we and also we happen to also have this really the same vision of what we want in dance, how we like dance. We kind of have the same uh, view. Mm-hmm. So so when we approach a, a piece together, we were already on the same going the same direction. Mm-hmm. So and uh, and you know. We were able to talk to each other, you know, in the deeper level to understand why we were dancing. Uh, made it, I think we could do things better. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. we the partner in, uh, we really felt like we could really be one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which was good for me because I was a little wild and I could just <laughs> really rely on Sebastian. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you, you chose to retire together as well. What were the next steps at that point? Did you have things lined up that were going to be the next? Um, I mean, you always, I, you guys are such fun ends. We always knew you were going to stay <laughs> in the biz, I feel. Um, well, I think he, that, that, that started from me. Uh, Benjamin asked, uh, had asked me, or he had asked me to, if I wanted to come to Elena's Ballet. Um, and I had a few more years to dance, but I, you know, we were dealing with injuries and, and I had injury on, on my foot that um, that didn't allow me at this point to do the role that I've been doing as as well, or or, or you know, things that I was fearless. Now I had to hold back a little bit, and, and mm-hmm. I, I was like, I, I I don't think I need to do this. Why why should I now go on stage with some fear or or not, you know? Be able to give it all, um, and and I've done I've done it all for a long time. So it was a uh, a chance to exit in some ways. I, at the time, I was ready to, and and then and having another job, <laughs> you know. Um, so um, so I think uh, like I think it's time for me. Yeah. Um, I think also before we retired, he had he had gotten the Paris Opera directorship. Because I know we knew that before we left. 
right. but we couldn't talk about it. Yeah. So, <laughs> and it's kind of like, oh, we're just going to LA. Um, and then, yeah, for me, I mean, I, I definitely have more years, but I also have kind of felt like, I mean, we were like, we were going to stay together, like whatever we did. Um, so we weren't interested in like one of us going away and, you know, me staying there and dancing. Um, and I had kind of felt like I had gotten to do most of the things I wanted to do and the ones I hadn't, I probably wasn't going to get to do. <laughs> and I, I kind of felt like, you know, the next five years I, I knew like exactly what it was going to be like. Um, and so I was really happy with what I had gotten to do and felt like I could just leave it there. And I had also always thought like, I don't want to. I don't want to be like an old ballerina. Like I'd watched so many of my favorite ballerinas retire. Like just, just they just went until you know they couldn't. And it's it's almost like you're watching the memory of them that you have of them rather than like the way they look right now on stage. And I kind of was like, I don't know. Once I start to not be able to do things that well as well, then I just I don't want to do them. <laughs> you yeah. know. Um, which was also, I think, why it was, like, interesting for me to to then dance at LA Dance Project because, like, I felt like I still, you know, loved dancing, but it was, like, a totally different kind of thing and didn't require the same uh, kind of perfection, maybe, in a different way. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the way we all see like the way it should look. That was one thing that we wanted to talk to you about was like, what kind of, what did that feel like? So you've done this career with perfection, like you're talking about point shoes and cross legs and all of this that you're seeking. And now you're kind of able to jump into a totally different feeling with dancing. Was that freeing for you? Did you find it challenging? Did you enjoy the challenge? What was that transition like a little bit? Well, I guess I had not danced for two years right. um, by the time I, we went back to LA. I mean, it was very comfortable because it was Benjamin's company and he choreographs on them and he had choreographed on us a lot and I loved doing his work. So like that part of it felt super familiar, just like wasn't on point Mm -hmm. and was usually like in sweatpants. (laughs) Um, So like it wasn't like completely, you know, foreign. Um, And I really was just there to like enjoy dancing, you know, I wasn't there for like any sort of goal in particular, except to just like learn about things that I didn't know about yet and to like have fun <laughs> trying something different. Um, what we actually talk about that for a second, yeah. like the learning, knowing about the things that you don't know about, like, I mean, the rep, uh, aside from Benjamin's choreography, of course, you know very well, um, and you understand like his aesthetic and um, you know, style, but a lot of the rep at LEDP is quite different from anything you experienced in New York City Ballet. So what was that kind of, I guess, learning curve like, both like as a rehearsal director and as a dancer? Um, what was that learning process like? Um, so in, in the end, it, it's, uh, it's somewhat all the same. Uh, which is the same conclusion. <laughs> yeah. It's like all connected. It all comes from the same place. Right. But the only thing to, to learn was, uh, you know, ballet, until you, you take it more and artistically, um, contemporary dance can be more based really on, on feeling than, and it depends on what choreography and what, what you're doing. But So it, it was um, understanding how uh, this can be somewhat taught or understood, or in some ways it, for contemporary dancers, that it, that's all they, they train for, uh, is specifically understanding them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, that was the, the sort of the, the learning. Um, and uh, at the same time, it wasn't really complicated. It's just a, an open mind and seeing things a little bit uh, differently than, than just like, uh, there's, not like a, there's not a model, like, you know, in, in the classical ballet, this is how you dance, this, right. even balancing this is the style, this mm-hmm. is how you technique. Here, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's wider, it's a little bit looser. Um, not that there's also like very specific things in, in those pieces, but uh, the global understanding is a little bit, uh, it's like you have to find the, 
the man said, the guru, what, it, it's more about, uh, it's a bit more emotional in some ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, although it can be very abstract, but it's like the, it doesn't start from necessarily a technique, but a bit more uh, mindset. Yeah, I think also <clears throat> it's just like as dancers, you have different choreographers come in, and so you have to like learn what that choreographer wants or what that choreographer's style is. And I think it's just taking each piece for what it is and learning what that choreographer's um, intentions are, what their technique is like. Um, which most of the time, you know, if we're doing an existing piece, someone's coming in and setting it and we just get to learn everything from them about this piece and about the movement, just like we would with someone who would come to City Ballet um, and make a piece. Um, I mean, it just might be like more differences, um, (laughs) but it's also... I think like the relationship to music is really different and that was something that was hard for me as a dancer with that group of dancers because we're taught a really specific way to hear music and listen to music. Um, So it was like you guys, we could put anything on and we would dance at the exact same time to it. Like, um, and I had a hard time like dancing together with these dancers because I had such a specific like hearing training (laughs) um and when it's like i mean sometimes and we did things at city ballet too that weren't to the music and that's different you're just you're dancing you have like little things in the music that tell you if you're late or early kind of thing Mm -hmm. um which like it's not like we've never done that but there's also just some differences with like counting or like never counting <laughs> like just having like a body rhythm you know or like um or timing uh, how, how yeah. the difference is how you understand music and what you can do with it um but yeah it's also um aside from something more more modern like a gram piece which is like a specific technique which we've done at la dance project yeah some of the sort of newer like contemporary stuff it's like very it's very open like uh the steps you know you can give every step a name in a balancing piece and in a contemporary piece you can't really name the steps right which also makes them harder to learn for somebody like me because <laughs> i'm just like i because you know you have like a you can have like a list in in a balancing piece you do arabesque step glissade whatever and you can memorize that and memorize the steps but here it's like, I can't put a name to the movements. I really have to memorize the movements or make up a name for them mm-hmm. to help my like memory process. Right. Um, so like, even though sometimes things start out really open, um, eventually they kind of get specified for like, even for like contemporary works. Yeah. Or there's like things that are just always an improv moment. And mm-hmm. like, that's interesting and can be scary, <laughs> but. I'm wondering, as a rehearsal director, when you're writing things down, how are you writing down the movements that the dancers are doing so that you also, because right, you can't just put it in your mind, you have to also kind of meditate yeah. it. Uh, my dancers, when they see my notes, they're always like, whoa. Like, <laughs> they're like, um, <laughs> yeah, well, well, they see some, because we do do some pieces that are like, that do have counts and really, and like steps that you can notate, but like, um, yeah, like sometimes one of the pieces we're working on now is a lot less like specific in steps mm-hmm. or naming steps. And sometimes I'm just writing notes about like what this section is supposed to feel like when you're watching it, like what those dancers' intentions should be in the movement. Um, I write down, you know, like anything I hear the choreographer kind of like describing about a section. Because those are also the kind of things, like for them, when we come back to do it again, you know, rather than me being like, and remember your foot should be like this way, it's more like telling them, you know, you're going into this, um, this is supposed to feel really relaxed or slow, and then then there's, you know, I don't know, I'm not giving a good example right now because <laughs> I'm not talking about anything specific, but <laughs> it's sort of like the way to get them to... So point B from point A is like a little different than just being like it's arabesque. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and sometimes, yeah, it's more about a descriptive um, cue about an intention 
mm-hmm. um, that gets them there, mm-hmm. rather than talking about the actual physicality of where their body parts are. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sure the audience wants to ask questions, so I want to do one more before we open it up to them. Could we just talk a little bit about the program that um, Gail audiences will be seeing LIDP tomorrow night, right? Which is the 31st. Mm-hmm. What, what, what values will we, will we be seeing? I'll talk about the first two and you can talk about the last two. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, the first piece on the program is a Pam Tanrose piece, which was originally made for the Royal Ballet. Um, and so she staged it for us. Um, it's interesting because I remember her saying, um, oh, that person's in the piece because they were like an understudy in the back and I liked them, so I put them in this section. Mm-hmm. And like, so we've also ended up with like a different number of people in the piece because there was like someone, she's like, oh, let's just have that person also be in this. And so, <laughs> which is something I think she generally does with her work, um, which is kind of cool. Um, it's a really beautiful piece. Um, the second piece is by Madeline Hollander. Uh, it's called Five Life Calibrations, and it's a really interesting piece. I think um, it's all about calibrating, and um, so basically, we have the dancers have a set of rules for each section of the piece that they're following. Um, yeah, for example, like most sections begin with some sort of competition. Sometimes it's like a balancing competition. So it'll be different every single night. If you're the first one to fall, you're going to be the first one to start like the next thing. Um, so, I mean, you have to rehearse it a lot because you have to know what to do if you end up in the first position or if you end up in like the seventh position on this day. Um, so it's like, you know, you fall, you have to do two circles like this. You have to wait for your group. Then you do like four of these. Then you have to do this thing. And like, the, so there'll be like two groups at the same time, but they'll always be at a different time than each other, depending on how long it took, you know, for the competition to end or, and then every uh, section ends with a Doppler sound, which cues the dancers for like the next section and like then a new competition will start. Um, It's very fun to dance. Like that was something I would have never gotten to do at City Ballet. Just be like thinking about rules to tell me what to do next, like while I was performing. But I thought that was like really, really fun. And it's really fun to watch, especially if you kind of know that that's what's going on, because then you can start to try to figure out like what the rules are. Right. And then we have a third piece. Uh, Quartet for Five by Bobby Jean Smith and her husband, uh, Orsch Weber. So Quartet for Five, because it's it's a string quartet for five dancers. (laughs) That's where the title comes from. it's uh, I mean, first first of all, it, you know, you you're gonna find it's a piece you're gonna make your own story. Um, there, there's those five characters um, that really connects. It's really it's the the whole thing is based on their involvement. Uh, like, like we talk about, you know, it's like how you coach this and their steps, the very distinct choreography. Uh, but in the end, it's all gonna be. How, how much you put into it, and, and what what's your own story that makes everybody connect. Um, and um, it's uh, very high high energy. They're they're going to die here uh, <laughs> in the, in the <laughs> because they already do uh, yeah. at sea level. Right? Oh my god! Um, but um, yeah, it's very uh, it's very interesting. Very I'd say emotional also. You, you really. You watch this and you, you know, people, everybody will have a different story of what happened, um, which is great. This is kind of what you want mm-hmm. to have. Um, and, you know, just going back a little bit when you're asking uh, how, as a wrestling director, you, you you learn things, you coach it. And, you know, a lot of things that happen now and that happens a lot with, with Bobby Jean is uh, you, the dancers also make some choreography. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she brings hers, and then they mix it, or, or she transforms whatever they make, and which for my job is extremely hard and complicated because mm-hmm. you, uh, you know, in, in the room, so you know, you, you can, the 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 dancers go in each side of the room and start making their own thing. So you can't really at that time there's nothing for you to do. Mm-hmm. You can stare at one dancer maybe and try to see what they're making, but you know they're making it. So, right. so everything they make, you don't know the choreography. Right. Yeah, and then it's just made. 
And you're like, oh, yeah. there's oh. a whole dance I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a little bit like catching up to do like, yeah. later on, especially if you have to teach it to somebody else. Uh, usually dancers can, can help teach each other, especially if it's in that situation. Mm-hmm. If, it, if they're gone, then it's like, okay. Uh, you gotta figure it out. But anyways, this uh, yeah, this piece is um, people meeting, uh, interacting. There's a lot of joy. There's a lot of energy with really different emotions. It's also to like a really beautiful glass yeah. piece of music. Mm-hmm. Glass. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, we can't wait to see it. We're very excited. We have time for some audience questions. We have a microphone here that Sierra will pass around. We have a question here in the back from a gentleman in my yellow shirt. I would assume that the transition from being a dancer to a retired dancer can be challenging. Could, could you talk a little bit about that transition? For me, it felt really great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, a, um, you know, when we have long careers like the way we have, or I'll just speak for myself, <laughs> uh, you know, dance, really dance a lot in since I was probably three years old and very intense. Um, and if you have a, f- you know, if you're happy with your, your career, uh, which I was, and that's why it was easier to, to transition. Um, so you, it's, uh, it, it is hard because, uh, Dancers, the, the, the performers, I think any performance, the, the stage is just unique. Nobody can understand what the feeling is unless you've done it, really. Uh, so leaving that, it's, uh, it's hard. Um, so it's important to be at peace with it, really. Um, and then you, you, know, you go on and put your heart into the next thing. And uh, uh, the physic- physically, it's so demanding that uh, you actually get another breath of energy. Uh, you know, as dancers, you you don't take stairs. Is that any better? You take the elevator. <laughs> and no, because I, I just remember there was like the one the main thing when I stopped dancing. I was like, oh my god, I'm just running down the street. I'm going up the stairs. Like hey, like just uh, <laughs> like, like exhausted anymore. No. <laughs> well, you're also like worried about injuries. Yeah, like if I take these stairs, my calves are gonna get really tight. Yeah, and that's yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like a hole. <laughs> totally. Uh, but yes, it is, you know, go, go from the performing art to, to not, it's, uh, it, it, mentally you, you have to prepare yourself, you have, you have to, uh, to really find a, a way to transition from, you know, a high to being uh, on the street. Did you guys ever consider not continuing in the ballet field after your retirement? Not really, but I think it was also like, I think people were asking us to do things before we even really had time to like think about whether or not, you know, um, and, and when I stopped, uh, I was kind of like, well, I'm just going to like see what I want to do. And, and I said yes to like anything anyone asked me to do just so I could try it out and be like, oh, I hate this or, oh, I love this. Um, but like it, to answer your question, I think it is very difficult for many dancers to retire from dancing. It's something you do your whole life, every day. You're just so in love with it. Um, and Sebastian's right. It's like finding some sort of way to be like okay with it or to find something to move on to that's going to make you happy. But even, I mean, I feel like you're once you're a dancer, you're just you're a dancer forever, whether or not you retired. It's just it's sort of like inside of us, so it's always there. And um, and I think also like uh, I don't know that I would I would maybe do something outside of dance in addition to because I just right. I do have to be in the studio. I have to be in a theater like yeah. often. <laughs> um, so I think just being able. To transition just to some other part of the performance is like a nice way for dancers to just still feel like a part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Other questions? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Thank you. I have a sort of more general question. Um, And I want to preface it by saying that yesterday a few of us were talking about how we don't know that much about the West Coast dance scene. So many of us who are here who are truly in love 
with Valet, and I'm not speaking for anybody in this audience when I say that I don't know, we don't know that much about the LA dancing. So we were speaking about how happy we are that there's a group from LA coming because many of us are aware that there's a vibrant dancing on the West Coast and we just don't know it that well. And again, I'm not speaking for anybody else in the room. <laughs> so, you know, when we go to Paul Taylor, when we go to Martha Graham, when we go to Jose Luong, we have a certain idea of what context we're in, of what the patterns might be that we're looking for. And to be very um, partly incorrect about what I'm saying, that wasn't really totally correct, but uh, don't know a thing about LA Dance Company. Know some names. We have choreographers who's come, who've come from the LA Dance Company to the East Coast and done very well. So my question is, could you briefly give us a little bit of education about the LA Dance Company? And you know, you've been speaking very specifically, but you're speaking into a context that you know that I don't know. And most dance companies do have some overriding, um, I don't want to call it a philosophy or whatever I would call it, but I think you know what I'm talking about. So. If you could help us understand, uh, what is the LA Dance Company? How did it come to exist, and why does it exist in the way that it does? Maybe the mission, the company. Right. Um, so first, uh, you know, in in, in LA, uh, dancer has been very it's been very hard to exist uh, or survive because it's. Hollywood <laughs> movies is uh, you know it's not uh, something that is part of the history, although there is a little bit uh, of it, but um, tough. And um, for Benjamin, um, and he moved there. He, he, he Benjamin, who was a principal dancer in New York City Ballet, <coughs> decided to move out here. Yeah, to move to LA and really fell in love with the city and everything they had to offer and, and it was like I, I gotta bring dance in a more uh, substantial way. Uh, so that was his goal, his mission and uh, and I think he succeeded but it's a, definitely a, a struggle and you know the I think the his mission or his desire is to uh, always bring artists together um, and using there's a lot of artists in LA so uh, you know, painters, visual yeah, visual artists, uh, to also also try to bring something else to dance, and um, so that was the the main idea was uh, collaborating uh, with um, choreographers that we know or or new choreographers, but really putting them with artists that you wouldn't necessarily put together to create a, a dance piece. Uh, uh, you know, it's sorry, hang on. And, and composers, yes. Uh, speaking of microphone. Oh, you're right, it's there. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, really, it's, uh, it's really been. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. The, the driver of the company is uh, to uh, use the, the local culture uh, and, and bring it up to front and try to bring it elsewhere. Mm -hmm. um, we could sit here all day with you guys, but we did. We are over. Now. <laughs> um, thank you both so much for joining us this morning, and we hope all of you will come out to see the Elegance Project tomorrow. Uh, and, and um, yeah. <laughs> thank That's you guys. Awesome. Thank you for having <laughs> us. Thank you. Thank you everyone for coming out. Thank you. Thank you. Conversations on Dance is part of the ACAST Creator Network. 
For more information, visit conversationsondancepodpod.com.